Welcome to the Grass-Fed Podcast with certified nutrition consultant and creator of the wellness hub, grassfedgirl.com, Caitlin Weeks. Listen in while she interviews her natural-minded friends and colleagues about how to enjoy a relaxed paleo and low-carb living. Caitlin's husband, professional chef and co-author of Mediterranean Paleo Cooking, Nabil Boomerar, often stops in to answer questions about gluten-free cooking. Get ready to learn about a holistic lifestyle that is rewarding and fun. Welcome to the Grassfed Podcast. My name is Caitlin, and today we're so excited because we have Elle Russ with us. She has a great new book called The Paleo Thyroid Solution. She's going to help us eliminate blood test confusion and get our prescriptions straight. So I'm so excited to welcome her. Thank you for joining us, Elle. Thanks for having me. Well, I uh, listened to some of your other podcasts and I've been, of course, a fan of Marxism forever, so I'm just so excited that uh, when Leslie asked me about your new book, I was just so excited. I've been thinking, you know, somebody needed to write this book forever, but <laughs> nobody did, not with the same, you know, emphasis on paleo and everything, because I think... Right, there isn't actually a book out there that has that emphasis or that connection, um, although it might have been touched on in a sentence, and... Like, like you said, I kind of um, have been saying that, you know, I wrote this book because this was the book I was looking for that I couldn't find <laughs> to buy, so I had to write it myself. Yeah, well, it's just great. I mean, I've <clears throat> talked with friends and thought about writing it myself, but it's just, it was always just overwhelming to me. Uh, as somebody who has Hashimoto's, it's just almost too hard to put it all into words so I'm so glad somebody else has done that and I, your book's really I think really well laid out and easy to read for somebody who's new who hasn't read every single thyroid book already and you know gets confused so I think it's really good for that person who's just new newly diagnosed or newly struggling and has a lot of easy to read little bullets and charts and things I think it's and it's not huge and scary for (laughs) you know I mean one of the first books I read was Dr. Krasian and I think it's a little (laughs) over people's heads like for most people you know yeah and I I make the suggestion too because a lot of people who are suffering from hypothyroidism have real brain issues like for real there there's cognitive issues there's issues in being able to focus or even learn and it can be overwhelming no matter what even though I try to make it as simple and you know user-friendly as possible and one of the suggestions I make in the book too is if someone's really suffering out there and you're seriously hypothyroid and your brain isn't working you know it, it might be good to share it with a friend or have a friend read it first and help you understand it too you know that's always an option and and sometimes that can be really helpful because, um, unfortunately, you know, the cognitive stuff that goes wrong when you're hypothyroid, it's very hard to retain and assess information. Yeah, it's a good book maybe to give your partner so that because it's hard to articulate what all is going on, it's good to give it either to, even to your doctor. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing about your partner or, or friend or family members, and I write about it in there, is, you know, a lot of... A lot of people get divorced or have relationship issues or lose friends or have a lot of problems with interpersonal relationships, and it's because of what being seriously hypothyroid does to one's emotional state and one's level of being able to handle even multitasking or small tasks. And so for someone who's very hypothyroid, you could be extremely overwhelmed by doing more than like a load of laundry a day, or you could be extremely sensitive to sounds and smells and light. And... You know, a lot of these things are very, you know, when you're around a sensitive person who's sort of maybe overreacting to lots of things and no one knows what's going on, we tend to sort of blame and look at that other person like, well, they're just going downhill or they've become a a crappy nagger. And that's not the case. It's usually when that person recovers, then their, you know, their true self comes back. So it can be, it can be a tough road for the relationship part. Absolutely. I mean, a lot of groups forums and things and a lot of people talk about that and 
uh, I was lucky that I didn't get, I got diagnosed very quickly, so I didn't have as much of a journey as you. So tell us a little bit more about your, how did you know something was wrong? Well, I, um, I was perfectly, I had literally like the, you know, athletic body everybody would want, feeling very good in my own skin. That being said, I was still on the old sort of eating paradigm of being a sugar burner and eating every two, three hours. And, you know, that was conventional wisdom. So I still struggled with that, but I was able to maintain this physique. And what happened to me was, and this happens to a lot of women, this is disproportionately a women's disease, although it does happen to men. And um, But a lot of things that manifest right off the bat for women are things gynecological in nature. So whether that be a miscarriage, infertility, or whether it's like you start to get cysts, you're misdiagnosed with polycystic ovarian syndrome, etc. What happened to me was I got my period early and I didn't think anything of it. I was 30 years old, healthy, just thought, oh, it's a fluke, random. Then it happened again two weeks later, then again, then again. And, you know, this is where patients can step up and change their life. And this is something I'd like to impart to people because what I failed to do at the time was when the doctor not only tested my thyroid wrong and said it's not your thyroid, A, I should have looked into that a little bit further. Um, I wouldn't have remained undiagnosed for two years, but I trusted my doctor. The second thing was is the doctor just kept putting me on the birth control pill to control the bleeding, and no one was asking, why is this healthy 30-year-old with perfect gynecological health and you know perfect gynecological health of all the women in her family, like no one's got any weird stuff going on, why is this person starting to bleed abnormally at age 30? Nobody asked that question, and I didn't ask that question. So, you know, I went down this path of being undiagnosed and possibly even making my hypothyroid system worse. One of the things I do want to throw out there, and I know birth control is an important issue for a lot of people, but the birth control pill is terrible for women, in my opinion. One of the reasons is it robs your body of thyroid hormone and, you know, testosterone as well. So, by being on four or five different birth control pills to try to control this bleeding, well, that didn't work. They were just putting a Band-Aid on a symptom, not looking at the root, because no one was testing my thyroid properly, so it had been discounted because the doctors, who were uninformed, as many are, were, you know, using outdated conventional thyroid testing protocols from, like, 1973, you know, and so... Um, unfortunately, I remained undiagnosed for a couple of years. Um, and then my overall story is that I actually did solve two bouts of hypothyroidism, one, one a very acute reverse T3 problem, on my own in a decade. And I shouldn't have had to do that. I really would have liked to have an MD as a partner along the way. But so many of them were so uninformed. I had spent like 15000 of my own money uh, going to famous doctors and whatnot. And so I had to take my health you know, into my own hands. And I did. And I fixed myself. Um, but that's really what happened. It started to manifest that way. As symptoms got worse, I mean, it was my hair was falling out. I had horrible acne. I went from about 110 to 115 pounds to 155, 160. I'm 5'2", and that was working out two hours a day and eating under 1,000 calories. Um, so, you know, not only just insidious weight gain, you get skin thickening, um, acne, bloated, freezing all the time. I never reached above 96 degrees. Humans are usually 98.6 by afternoon. And so then just came an onslaught of literally 30 symptoms. And I was a total mess and literally agoraphobic. I mean, you know, this is a really tough, lonely place, especially when you're undiagnosed because people are looking at you like you might be crazy. And doctors are even telling you, well, it's in your head or, or, you know, you need to work out more. You've got an eating, you know, closet eating disorder and patients are blamed for having closet eating disorders all the time here when really these people are eating very little and just getting fatter and fatter by the minute. Um, not everybody gains weight, but almost everybody who's hypothyroid will experience either a cognitive issue or a temperature issue, most likely, if you're hypothyroid. So right off the bat, anyone who's freezing all the time when other people aren't, um, hair falling out, and also any cognitive stuff, and that's including depression. So I started to get severely depressed. I couldn't think. I couldn't read. I could barely focus. Someone would tell me something I would forget. You start to feel like you're getting dumb. You start to feel like you are rapidly aging, which you are. And um, essentially, you're slowly dying. Everything starts to fall apart. So if it's not caught quickly, things can spiral and you can get diagnosed with diseases and uh, conditions that you otherwise would not have gotten if you weren't hypothyroid. And so that's a little bit of the problem, too. People are being treated for these tangential hypothyroid-related issues, but they're not being treated for the cause. 
why do you think that so many people, why do you think this epidemic is, you said before, I've read that you said it was 25 million people have this. What do you think is yeah. causing it? Well, 200 million people worldwide, 25 million in America, and that's what we know of, because 60% are undiagnosed. So there are so many people out there who, by the way, are on thyroid hormone, being treated by doctors, and they're still not feeling right. There's a problem there. My book's for those people, too. Uh, you should be feeling great, uh, and it's completely solvable. So if you're on thyroid medication and a doctor's saying, well, your thyroid's fine, it's not that, you need probably to get a new doctor and investigate further, because there's a lot of mistreated people. Um, the reason there's such a big problem, well, a couple of reasons. You know, Dr. Forsman talks about this in my book. I have a great functional M integrative MD on the book with an in-depth Q&A in the back. He talks about how really the, the low-fat craze of, you know, the 80s, right, 90s were um, sort of led to the obesification of America with all the carbs. And honestly, type 2 diabetes and insulin-resistant go hand-in-hand -hand with thyroid problems and vice versa. So that's sort of gone together. Nutrient deficiencies and just poor, shitty diets. You know, when you're talking about compromised gut health with all of these grains and sugars out there, there's a lot of women with unresolved candida that affects your brain. You know, people are on a sugar burning roller coaster when you are up and down like that throughout the day with the sugar swings. That's affecting your adrenals, which is then affecting your thyroid. So, lifestyle, diet, and then also the, the biggest and the most important thing I could impart to anyone is even if your thyroid's working great and you don't have a problem, but you'd like to avoid one in the future. You need to incorporate incorporate selenium into your life. Selenium is such a huge uh, part of thyroid conversion and keeping that whole system healthy, and it's something a lot of people are deficient in because of our soil. So unless you're eating a ton of sardines, and unless you've got maybe a multivitamin with 200 micrograms of selenium, everyone should think about, and everyone on thyroid hormone should absolutely take two to 400 micrograms of selenium a day. But if you're not on thyroid hormone and you just want to keep that system healthy, I think 200 micrograms of selenium a day is just a real simple thing everybody can incorporate. I absolutely agree. I mean, the I I feel like I did all of those things you mentioned wrong. Every single one of them. <laughs> the the um, low fat dieting all the way through, and then the uh, the the over exercise. The you know everybody has to yeah. run, run their marathons and all that, and then you experiment. I'm talking about, you know, girls in our generation or, you know, the, the ones before or right after is, uh, you know, you have to experiment with vegetarianism, so you're not going to get your selenium then. You're going to take... Uh, or your B12, right? That's yeah, oh, absolutely. And then um, you're going you're gonna to have taken birth control pills since you were in high school, you know, and switched around to all these different ones. And... Um, it's just, it's just this perfect storm for creating a thyroid problem. Right. I'm glad you mentioned and touched on that overexercise and low fat because when people say, well, so there's no one in my family with hypothyroidism. Everyone's got pretty great metabolic structure. So it's, you know, sometimes it does run in families. It was kind of confusing as to how I got it. But when I look back, there's so many things involved. Um, I did actually find out later that I had a selenium deficiency. That in and of itself could have caused this whole problem and started something, I, a train I didn't even need to go on. So that's a big, great warning for everyone to maybe get on that selenium train. And then the other thing, too, is, you know, optimizing these other nutrients. Women often, because we are menstruating females, uh, become deficient in iron over time and iron storage, particularly ferritin. If ferritin is low really below 50 or below 60 on a scale of 10 to 150. It should be like 60 to 100, 60 to 90, something like that. Um, that's a huge factor in a lot of this because there's things like that that can cause hypothyroid-like symptoms like brain fog and exhaustion and heavy legs. But also low ferritin can contribute to a thyroid problem. So I think it's important to start to look at all of these nutrient levels, you know, the vitamin D, the B12, the ferritin, make sure those things are optimal. Um, and then you can at least assure yourself that you're probably on a right train for good thyroid health. The other side of that is this disease is, it, it's one of these things where I find it so dumb that 
anyone out there is still suffering on or off thyroid medication because it's actually 100% solvable and pretty easy to solve if you have the right combination of, of you know, information essentially. And so unfortunately, a lot of people are just suffering out there because they're allowing their doctors to treat them and we're not looking at some of these tangential things that do support uh, thyroid health as well. Um, women who work out and our menstruating females lose more iron than most. And just if you eat red meat, it might not be absorbing properly. As people become hypothyroid, you're not able to hold on to certain nutrients, which is why so many Hashimoto's and hypothyroid patients have low vitamin D, low B12, and you know, all of these things we're talking about, even low DHEA. Absolutely. And the thing is with the over-exercise, Oh, right. Sorry, I wanted to throw that out. That is probably what gave me hypothyroidism. It was a combination of literally serious chronic cardio, low fat, and just being a total sugar burner. Now, when I was a sugar burner, I couldn't go more than three, four hours without food, and I would literally have a hangry meltdown every time my blood sugar did get low. Whereas you know now, when you become a fat adapted and you become a fat burner, when you're hungry, you just kind of go, oh yeah, I'm hungry, I think it's time to eat soon, and it's not this like, I've got to eat or I'm going to kill somebody kind of feeling. And so I was on that roller coaster, and when I look back, no doubt my lifestyle was absolutely part of what gave me hypothyroidism, because when you're in that low-fat, chronic cardio, low-calorie paradigm, the primal perspective of your body is that you're starving, and it's going to shut down thyroid production, because it's like she's starving or running from danger. We are not going to give her any more of this fat-burning hormone, T3. We're going to wait till she's out of the woods, and then we'll, we'll resume. And so I believe I sent that signal via my lifestyle, and that's why I got hypothyroidism. And if I could go back in time and know what I know now, I would adopt the principles in my book and not have ever maybe even gotten on thyroid hormone uh, replacement. So the like chronic cardio is very serious. I mean, the over-exercising can really throw a wrench into healing. Yeah, and it's like that perpetual, I've got to lose the last five pounds. And it's like, but your body puts every, the brakes on every, all of its functions and says, well, we're dying right now, so let's hold on to everything we've got, right? Yeah, and it's, um, it's also really tough because see, when you're gaining weight and you have no control of it, then the only thing in your mind logically says go work out to keep ahead of this, right? Because, you know, even with working out every day, I still was gaining weight. So what if I didn't work out every day? How much fatter would I have been? But the mistake was working out at all because it actually makes the situation worse. It continually taps the adrenal glands when there's not enough thyroid hormone present. So now you're going to be exhausting the adrenals even further. And then Trying to repair adrenals, iron, and thyroid status at the same time is tougher than doing just one of them. So I kind of hurt myself and hurt my progress by working out constantly to try to get ahead of this, you know, non-controllable weight gain. But unfortunately, the message is your body's not going to be burning the fat, so you're just hurting yourself. And it's hard to be in that situation and accept it. It's hard to say, I just have to accept that my body is this right now because the drive is to go work out to try to burn fat, but it actually doesn't work. It, it backfires. So it's a really tough place to be, you know, because your mind says, if I work out, I will burn fat and I will burn calories. But in this state, it doesn't. In fact, it hurts you. So that's a real tough place to be because then you're like, well, what do I do? I just have to accept that I'm like this until I get better. And that's a tough acceptance. You know, it's a tough moment, but I wish more people would have it because by working out to try to get ahead of it, they are actually hurting and exhausting their adrenals further, if that makes sense. Yep, <laughs> to me, absolutely, because I was in that place, and I had to just stop everything, because I was a personal trainer, I was really in shape, and nothing I was doing was working, you know, so... Um, well, you got diagnosed, you said, pretty quickly, and that's very lucky. Do you still test your Hashimoto's antibodies, and do you know where they're at, and have you been able to lower them? Yeah, they... They're about 100, and they were 600 when I started, so they're, That's better. Great. they're a lot better. And um, my thyroid, well, my thyroid's a lot better. It's the best it's ever been right now, so. Do you take thyroid hormone replacement? Oh, yeah. With what do you take? Um, get my bottle here. I have a functional medicine doctor in San Francisco. Here's my. 
I take a mixture. It's like a compounded. It's T3 and T4. T4. And do you take it twice a day or once a day? It's a capsule, so I guess I don't know how I would. I just take it once. Okay. You might want to look into a multi-dosing strategy because for people that are on something containing T3 only, usually a once-a-day dosing isn't the most optimal. Um, that's something you might actually would be interested in in talking with your doctor about multi-dosing that compounded, meaning you take one dose in the morning and then there's another dose you would take at like 3.30 in the afternoon. Well, I'm open for anything. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if you if you have drags or lags in afternoon energy or anything in the afternoon or evening, um, and and the reason for that too is that our thyroids don't necessarily pump out everything. If you have a normal working thyroid, it doesn't pump out everything you need for the day in one morning shot. Um, and when someone has T3 in there, it's so fast acting and fast dissipating that that's why there's sort of sometimes a need for an afternoon dose. And usually people do it on a two to one ratio. So. You know, if you were on three grains, let's say, or the equivalent in compounded, you would take two in the morning, one in the afternoon. Or I know people of Hashimoto's that are on compounded that do one for one. So they might take, you know, equal uh, dose morning and evening. But that might be something you want to try in the future. Um, because if it doesn't work for you, you can always go back. And sometimes it's more optimal. So if you're not feeling perfectly great, then you might want to uh, tinker with that. Great idea. Think about it. Uh, what, I want to talk about the person who first goes into their doctor and then they hear that dreaded, your TSH is fine. Hmm. Yeah. And then that's, they like walk out and give up. Well, everybody should know right now, and you could, you know, look this on just reading some articles or listening to some of my podcasts on the subject, but... At the end of the day, any doctor who is assessing your thyroid health, whether you are or are not on thyroid hormone and they are assessing it by just testing the TSH, you need to run from such a doctor because they do not know what they're talking about. They are testing something that is not related and valid as to how you're feeling, and they are using a 1973 protocol to assess thyroid health. There are a lot of doctors still doing this today. Um, I, I'm going to rattle off the basic thyroid panel right now so that everybody sort of knows if you really want a good comprehensive thyroid assessment it's TSH free T3 free is in freedom free T3 free T4 reverse T3 and then two Hashimoto's antibodies one is TPOAB and the other is TGAB that's a good solid thyroid panel then there's some uh, tangents like uh, vitamin B12 vitamin D25-hydroxy, homocysteine, DHEA sulfate, and if you're really having an issue with weight loss that's not related to necessarily thyroid status, then I would do the HbA1c. But that's a pretty good rundown. Now, what really matters is um, that you go to a doctor that understands that testing free T3 is what matters, and that you're going to a doctor that will treat you based on symptoms and not trying to fit you inside of a lab uh, range. So if a doctor said, well, I don't want to, you know, they're worried about, let's say someone's free T3 result being at the top of the range versus mid range. Well, that's what it needs to be for them perhaps. So you need a doctor who understands symptoms and understands that this is individual, not someone. And unfortunately, endocrinologists are usually classically the worst people to see for thyroid health. They are very indoctrinated. They almost always only test TSH and T4 and just, I, I, I don't want to give a huge tutorial right now because there's so much out there and I talk about it a lot as well, but at the end of the day, the only thyroid hormone that matters to life is called T3. T4 is just a pro-hormone. It will not do, it means zero unless it converts into thing that matters. So classically, endocrinologists are only testing T4 and TSH. They're testing T4, which is a pro-hormone that's supposed to turn into the thing that makes you feel good, which is T3. So if they're not even testing to see if the T4 is converting, that's just an uninformed doctor who's going to keep a patient sick. Um, the TSH is actually not a thyroid hormone. It's a pituitary hormone. So people need to understand that that is just the signal being sent from the brain, and this is a very outdated, antiquated way to assess thyroid health. TSH is applicable in the presence of these other tests, but it is not applicable on its own. And I remained undiagnosed for two years because the doctor said my TSH was in range and I just need to work out more and eat less. I was working out two hours a day 
and eating under a thousand calories a day. So, um, unfortunately I literally was with an uninformed doctor and I didn't question him, figured he knew what he was talking about. He had an MD and, uh, I, I really wish I could go back in time because the onslaught of symptoms that I had after that were horrible. And, um, you know, I pretty much stayed inside my house and cried every day for two years and was horrifically depressed, felt uncomfortable in my skin and body at every second of the day. And um, it's a horrible, lonely place to be. And I wish I could go back in time. Um, but instead, you know, I, 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 I'm so glad if I had to suffer to get the word out to help other people, then that was worth it. Sometimes I think it's this is just like a, a life lesson of learning to love yourself, you know, to take time to yeah. appreciate your body and be slow down and all that kind of stuff. So um, Yeah, absolutely. Slowing down is the way to actually stay healthy for a variety of reasons. Yeah. I'm sure the two years of you exercising like crazy and eating a thousand calories really helped. <laughs> Yeah, it was well. It was brutal. Uh, it, it it was it would make things even worse. It was so hard. And when you're a hypothyroid, you crave sugar and you crave carbs because you do not have energy being created from anywhere else. And most people are usually sugar burners before they even become hypothyroid. So um, it's horrible. It's really horrible because it's um, as much willpower as you'd like to exercise. It's it's sort of an eating disorder making condition. You know, hypothyroidism can really breed some sugar addictions and eating disorders, and I, I know what that's like, and it is horrible to be on that train. Um, thankfully, all that's gone, and, you know, I firmly believe, and every success story has said so, that a paleoprimal life is, it, it's becoming a fat burner is what will get rid of all food obsessions, and it really does work once you get there. <laughs> I've had some people, I've had talks with people who are, who don't? Who are only focused on the food addiction side, and they don't look at the connection between nutrient density. And I'm like, that's a big missing piece there. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, you you talk a lot about T3, and you had the problem with the reverse T3, and tell us a little bit more about that. And what's the connection with the liver? Well, reverse T3. So basically. The, the brain sends a signal to the thyroid to say, hi, body's low in thyroid hormones, wake up. Then if you have a normal working thyroid, your thyroid pumps out about 80% T4, 20% T3. About 40 to 50% of that T4 is going to be converted also to T3 throughout the day. And that's the way normal thyroid function works. If you're replacing your thyroid hormone with something containing T4 like you, you're on a T4, T3 combo, then the same thing. You're getting a little bit of direct T3, like would be mimicking our endocrine system, and then you are also getting T4 and your body decides when to convert it throughout the day. Now, for whatever T4 goes unused and is not converted into the active hormone T3, it is cleaned out or washed out, you could say, through the body through a mechanism called reverse T3. And that's an inactive form of uh, T3. And the reason there is it's to protect you. T3 is an extremely powerful fat-burning, energy-creating hormone. So it's like a Goldilocks situation. You don't want too much or you'll be hyperthyroid, and you don't want too low or you'll be hypothyroid. So this wonderful sort of slow-release mechanism with the T4 sort of slowly converts. Now what happens is, is when it converts too much into reverse T3 and does not convert into the active hormone, you can again have hypothyroidism even if you're on thyroid hormone. A reverse T3 problem can also happen to anybody who's not on thyroid hormone. It happened to someone I know recently because they had a very stressful year, very stressed out, and essentially that stress sent the signal to their body that they're in danger and let's not give them any more energy producing thyroid hormones or, or, or a marathon runner who's overtraining and their body says, whoa, 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 we're not going to convert this T4 into this active T3. We're going to convert into the inactive form because you can't afford to be burning fat right now. That would also happen in the case of someone who's starving themselves uh, over dieting. Um, so anyway, the reverse T3 mechanism is, is a great it's a great mechanism that's there, but I had an issue where after six years of being on a T4, T3 combo, the T4 started to fail and would convert into the RT3. Now, there's a couple ways to get rid of this problem. 
The surefire bet way is to get rid of all T4 and just go on T3 because T3 does not convert into reverse T3, only T4 does. So you're eliminating the problem. However, that being said, and I've been on T3 only for four years, it's very complicated. It's not optimal. It is a real pain in the ass. It's too fluctuating. I look forward to get back in, get, getting back on a T4, T3 combo, and I'm going to attempt that in the next couple of months just because it's an easier, more endocrine mimicry way. Uh, it, it's like the T4, if it works properly, is deciding for you when it should convert into the T3 that you need versus me doing it sort of manually. And you can imagine all the problems and nuances and weird things that can go on with that. So it's a, a real attention to detail that I'd prefer not to have in my life anymore. But thank God it's there because it did save my life. The other way to help a reverse T3 problem is selenium. Again, selenium deficiency is a big problem in the conversion. So sometimes people can just take selenium, do a little bit of a liver detox because a lot of conversion happens in the liver and sometimes stagnancy can result in this. So sometimes people take you know, milk thistle for a while or do a liver detox or a liver cleanse and, and while they maybe lower their medication. Or if you're not on thyroid hormone, then you would just fix it through nutritional lifestyle protocols, adding some selenium, making sure your vitamin D and, you know, all these levels are right and, and reducing stress. And that could bring a reverse T3 system back in action or back in the right, you know, order within six to eight weeks. So it, it's easily correctable for some people. Some people have to lower the T4 in their medication or, and add some T3 to it. Um, but in my case, I tried every natural way to reverse my reverse T3 system situation and it did not work. So I had no choice at that point, but to go on uh, T3 only. And so that's why I'm on T3 only right now. One of three authors in the world that's, I think, written about it, who's been on it. It's, um, it's very rare, but it's nice to know that it's there in case this problem is not solvable by other means. Um, but liver, liver is really important. So again, if anyone has, um, out there and they want to optimize their natural thyroid hormone production and they're doing well, or even if you're on thyroid hormone and you want to optimize the hormone metabolism of the hormones you're taking, I can't stress the importance of, you know, selenium enough and also lifestyle, um, constantly also sending the messages to your body. You know, you're okay. You're okay. Everything's okay. Because that stress response, that fight or flight is what ignites the brain and the whole system to go, whoa, 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 let's not give Caitlin any more of this T3 right now because we don't want her body to create energy because either she's inflamed because her antibodies are high or she's over-exercising or, you know, whatever the case may be. Sometimes a reverse T3 situation happens because someone has Lyme disease or they are fighting a chronic infection. So again, in this state of a chronic infection or, um, or let's say someone got into a very traumatic car accident and they're in the hospital recovering, those are scenarios where the body would also shut down. Not shut down, but slow down that production or not convert that T4 into that T3 because it's allowing the body to work on those other things and doesn't want to create more energy. Um, so hopefully that was a good enough base explanation of reverse T3, but reverse T3 problems are ever increasing because people are on thyroid hormone, they're doing fine, and then either the iron drops or these other levels drop or their gut health is compromised or they're inflamed. And now that T4 is not going to convert as well. So this is really important for everybody, thyroid problems or not, to make sure selenium and some of these lifestyle components are, are intact so that you can avoid having this problem. Absolutely, and uh, I think people don't understand that, and sometimes it's a it's kind of like a call from your body to say, you need to slow down, you need to change your lifestyle, maybe you hate your job, all that kind of stuff. It's also, I think, what people find out, <laughs> that they have to make big, big changes in their life, or they're just going to get sicker. Yeah, and it is, honestly... Um as much as it is a horrible place to be when you're hypothyroid, if you have a reverse T3 problem, by the way, and you're on thyroid hormone, one of the, the issues there is that on the labs, it could look as though you're doing great because the free T3 levels might be high or decent. But then the person's like, but I'm feeling horrible, and that's why you need to check the reverse T3. 
And we always take reverse T3 in the same test as you take free T3, and then you do a ratio. And there's online calculators. You can just Google reverse T3 calculators online. Stopthethyroidmadness.com has a great one. That's also an amazing thyroid website for anyone interested in this topic. And 20 or higher of a ratio is considered healthy, and sometimes 15 and above. But for the most part, 20 and above is considered healthy. When I had a reverse T3 problem, my reverse T3 ratio was 12. Um, so we always do a ratio. We don't just look at the reverse T3 result because that could be within range. Um, and it's really the ratio. So that's how to decide that. If anyone's out there, they've been on thyroid hormone, they feel like something's right, they still feel hypothyroid, the doctor keeps telling them it's not their thyroid, you need to get the full panel of tests and also eliminate the issue of a reverse T3 problem. And I think a lot of people, they don't, they don't become their own advocates and become educated and you can't just, and you may have to pay out of pocket, you can't just keep going to the same doctor and be like, who's not testing my, it's ridiculous, like you have to get out of that system and just, you may have to, like you said, you spend thousands of dollars, I have too, I've been all over trying to figure this out, you have to think outside the box or else you're, you're probably not going to get better. Well, yeah, and it's also, how badly do you want to be better? How badly? Most people that I ask be like, oh my God, this is the most important thing in the world. Then I'm like, well, then why do you keep seeing your HMO doctor who just keeps putting you on the same medication? So the thing is, is that you might have to pay out of pocket. What is your health worth? Most people would say, oh, any amount of money. It's priceless. Well, then start to act like it. You might have to spend $1,000 out of pocket. That's nothing in the grand scheme of one's life. I spent $15,000 and had doctors hurt me. Had I just gone to the right doctor, I'd have money in my bank. And you know what I mean? I wouldn't, I wouldn't, have, uh, I wouldn't have exhausted my resources um, by trying to find the right person. So that's really what my book is about, too, helping people keep off the wrong path who, you know, people suffer for 20, 30 years while being treated by endocrinologists, mm-hmm. being tested wrong the whole time, being given the wrong medication the entire time. And I like what you said because patient responsibility, and I say this whenever I'm interviewed because here's the thing, I didn't ask my doctor and I didn't ask and look into what was wrong and why I was starting to get these symptoms. That was part of the problem. I just trusted my doctor. If someone, and I also know tons of people who are on thyroid hormone replacement, and they have no idea what it is, how it works, how the thyroid works. Well, that whose mistake is that? You have a problem. If you've told you have a disease and you actually really have it, you need to step up and learn everything you can about it. Because you're the only person that's going to be able to advocate for you throughout your life. What if that doctor gets fired or, you know, or, or moves out of your town? Now you got a new doctor. What are you going to do? Just trust everybody? So I think this is the time and the age where people are starting to understand that just because you have an MD from Harvard does not mean you're going to solve my life problems. And that you have to step up, learn everything you can about whatever's afflicting you. And you have, you cannot hope and pray and rely that a doctor is going to fix you. You have to participate. Because part of that participation is taking supplements, for example. If someone's really deficient in iron and this is something they have to take, well, you have to have patient compliance there. You're not going to get better until you take those things. So clearly there's support. You are supporting your doctor. They can't just do it for you. But I think people need to go a little bit further. People are just too inclined to go, okay, and take a pill and not even go, what is the thyroid? What happened to me? What's going on here? You know? That also comes from the attitude about thyroid which is still left over from the 50s that you just take a pill and that's it and they and it, the, right. the denial about the Hashimoto's piece and that there's no it's not a full body issue it's just like a gland deficiency and that's it you know no, that's a great point and that's why I wrote this book too because it is a whole body thing you can't just keep giving someone a pill it will eventually fail them because as I've even you, you guys have even heard in the very little that I've said which is you know you can be on thyroid hormone but then what if it's not converting you know and so or like what if so these are these are things that you, know, you can still run into problems as I did even when you're on thyroid hormone so it's not about my book, of course, will tell you, you know, what might be the right avenue, before and after blood tests. It's very specific as to help you to help yourself to learn about this. But at the end of the day, this is also about proper thyroid hormone metabolism. Whether you are on thyroid hormones or not, if you have thyroid hormones that are working for you, you're totally fine. That's great. But they will fail 
if the overall system in the body isn't conducive to that getting metabolized properly, and that is diet and lifestyle um, and nutrient levels. So it's 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 really a full a whole body thing, and I think that that's where also your previous question about why is it such an epidemic. Um, we were a less toxic world way back when, you know. So maybe in the fifties um, or you know sixties, people could just take one pill and be okay. People were also eating a lot simpler. You know what I mean? There wasn't a bunch of junk going on. Um, then with the toxicity of our world, pollution plus chemicals and all the stuff in our food, I think just over time and with stress in the modern world, the part of our thyroid hormone metabolism, lifestyle, stress, and all of that has become harsher on the thyroid hormones, if that makes any sense. So it, it's even more pressing now to make sure all of these components are there for your thyroid versus maybe 50 years ago. Roundup's not good for your thyroid. <laughs> yeah. yeah, don't um, take shots of Roundup, anybody. That would be really bad. Well, kind of on that same point, how does the, the – you're not – you know, when I went to nutrition school and I was always, you're not what you eat, you're what you absorb. And why is, why is it that – what's the digestion connection with thyroid? Well, you have to think about it this way. So if – Thyroid hormone, the T3 or levels of T3 in your body are like coal on a furnace. You know, it's it's like you're cooking. You you got you got some heat, right? That's why it becomes very freezing when you're not hypothyroid. So you've got energy being created in your body. Now, when it slows down, everything slows down. The thyroid, by the way, is the master gland of the human body. For those people out there that don't know this, you cannot live without a thyroid gland. You will die. You have to take thyroid hormone replacement. So if your thyroid gland is removed, you have to go on medication like Caitlin and I are on. Um, so if you can't live without the gland, what do you think is going to happen? What kind of life are you going to live with slow, sluggish, suboptimal thyroid hormone? It's going to be a very slow death. And it's going to be riddled with health problems and conditions, and it's going to be accelerated aging and aging and a total disaster. Um, so when things slow down, temperature slows down, production of sex hormones slow down, everything slows down and gets sludgy. And what else gets sludgy and slow is production of hydrochloric acid in the stomach and the ability to break down and digest food. So a lot of people start to have gut issues. Um, and then also you're not digesting and absorbing nutrients that you otherwise would have if your body was in a proper energy creation state, if that makes any sense. So that's why often hypo patients get very deficient in certain things and their body can't hold on to certain nutrients. Um, it's also why a lot of patients have um, horrible constipation is a major factor. If, if someone's not going every day, preferably twice a day, but certainly not every day. You've got to look into this because the constipation is brutal, and it's one of those levels of constipation that is not even helped by, by laxatives, really, uh, which is pretty pretty terrible, too. Um, so that's why all these things happen. Everything's slowing down. You can imagine hypothyroidism. Now, hyperthyroidism, the state of overactive thyroid, is a different story. That's where people have trouble gaining weight. They're very skinny. They have bug eyes. They're, they're pooping all the time. They might even have diarrhea often. Um, their heart is beating faster. They're sweaty. They're, they have a higher temperature, anxiety. That's the other spectrum. You know, when you're hypothyroid, you're depressed, things are slowed down, digestion, constipation. It's literally exactly sort of the opposite extremes. Yeah, no, no, both both can definitely trigger that. And the reason, um, that's another thing too. So I want to just mention a couple things where people get misdiagnosed. Polycystic ovarian syndrome or anything gynecological, gotta look into the thyroid. Infertility, miscarriages, etc. Immediately have to look into the thyroid. It's usually the cause um, or the problem involved in that. The other thing is people get misdiagnosed with or put on, you know, um, antidepressant medication. Anyone who's got things have been misdiagnosed or diagnosed with bipolar disorder or any kind of depression, you have to look into the thyroid because those kind of swings are absolutely related. And you could go on an antidepressant, but it would only last for three months and then you'll be depressed again because you never solved the cause of the problem anyway. Again, thyroid is the master gland. There's almost nothing in the body that isn't related to the thyroid and thyroid hormone production. So it's literally the first and ultimate place everybody should look. Whenever they have an issue, they don't know what is. Doesn't matter, you know, it doesn't matter if your arm's hurting. Go get your thyroid. <laughs> um, so, so hopefully that answers that question. But yeah, the, um, 
it's it's a it's it's often people get misdiagnosed. Also, the other thing is cholesterol issues. People put on statins and they don't need to be put on statins. Once you resolve and optimize your thyroid status via on it your own naturally or via thyroid hormone replacement, either way, once you reestablish that optimization, you know blood lipid panels will come back to normal. Depression goes away. And all these other issues um, will be resolved. But again, people aren't looking at this. So you can go to a psychiatrist and they'll give you Prozac. But you know what? You might as, it, might, it would behoove you to test to see if the thyroid is causing the depression. Because again, you're then going to be on a train where nothing's going to work and you'll be back to ground zero again with the depression. And then you end up on that symptom for this, symptom for that, and the pill for every little thing and the big... The, the thyroid could be at the top of that, and that's not getting looked at. That's right. Or it's getting looked at, it's just not getting properly assessed or properly treated. I mean, there's plenty of people who even test people correctly, but then don't treat them correctly. You know, and again, this is a reason why it's important to involve yourself in this process. And that's why I wrote the book. I wanted to help people become their own little experts, you know, and give them a real basis. Also be able to maybe take it that my book into the doctor and show them the doctor Q and a so that a doctor can hear from another doctor, why it is that they weren't taught this, why it is that they need to start testing this stuff. Maybe a doctor is more inclined to listen to another doctor. And that's why I put that in there as well. Um, even though the doctor and I agree on all this stuff, still I am just a patient. So that was the addition there. And really I just wanted to educate people. When I, I've read, you know, like 30 thyroid books over the years, and there's only two that I, uh, two others uh, that I recommend other than mine. Uh, one is called Stop the Thyroid Madness, and the other for people that are struggling with conversion issues is called uh, Recovering with T3 by Paul Robinson. Uh, both of those books are great. But most of them, and those books too, and the other ones out there, didn't show me. I wanted to see blood work. I wanted to see what this stuff looked like. I wanted to see what should I be looking for. How how do I assess my labs? Like, I wanted someone to help me help myself too, you know. And I didn't see that detail in any of the books. So I really planned this on being like a manual for everybody who's got a thyroid issue to correct it naturally if they're going down that road and they want to stay off thyroid hormone, or if they're on thyroid hormone, how to make it work the best possible way it can work it's, it's awesome I mean I was glad when I saw it because so many of the books I've read were just so complicated and I felt like wouldn't help the person who's really in the struggle because they would get overwhelmed and just freak out <laughs> so I think your book is just right it has a little bit of everything for for the and for the different personality types too it's like you have the you the more analytical type people who want to see you know the, the words from the doctor and then you have somebody who's more artistic and they want to just see the charts and so it has a little bit of everything for everyone and uh, I think it's just a great resource for people especially when they're they're new and it's a refresher like I've had this for six years and you know sometimes you get tired of thinking about it so you just stop thinking about it for a long time yep. because you just you don't want it to be sick you don't want to think about what what's wrong with me all the time you know you just want to move on but so it's a good like a fresh refresher for people who um maybe have just put it in the back of their mind for a while and uh i'm just so glad you came on your wealth of knowledge and uh, how can people find your book well, you could, um, it's available at Barnes & Nobles and other resellers online. You can find it at Amazon.com or go to PrimalBlueprint.com. So as long as you search the Paleothyroid Solution, it'll be available by various resellers. Um, it's also number one and uh, bestseller in three categories, Women's Health, Thyroid Conditions, and Paleo, which is really exciting. And I've just been getting great responses from people all over the world. And honestly, it, you know, when you're so, and I want to impart this too, Anyone out there suffering right now, I totally understand. I empathize with the, the deepest depression throes that this disease brings, but I will say there is an end to this, and nobody give up hope, and don't let anyone tell you, doctor or otherwise, that you're always going to struggle with X because you have hypothyroidism. I don't care what that is. Um, this is absolutely fixable, and you just have to keep going. And like you said, you once you get better, you don't want to think about this stuff anymore. You know, you don't... Once you've paid so much attention, you're like, oh, I'm kind of done with this. 
And I just want to say to everyone out there, this is the hardest part, you know, is the healing part and getting right. Once you're optimized and you're on the right medication, you really only have to get tested once or twice a year. And as long as you just keep up and check in with the iron and the other things that have gotten optimized, you're good to go. And it doesn't require this level of work, but it's so overwhelming trying to get better because you do have to participate and it takes research and time and trial and error and patience. And it is a little bit of a road, but it's really not that long. And I wanted to share with everyone that especially when you get on the right path, you're talking six months to feeling pretty damn great to a year to feeling perfectly normal and awesome and probably uh, shedding most of the weight if you were a person that did gain weight during that, that problem. That's not a long time in the grand scheme of one's life. You know, once you start getting on the right path, things can really shape up in six weeks and a month you get better, better, better. And then all of a sudden one day you're like, I've never felt better. I can't believe I must've been suffering before this, but I've never felt better in my life. So it's, it's really amazing. And there's hope. I don't, uh, it's so discouraging out there because people do go to the wrong doctors and they're on the wrong medication or they're on the wrong combination or dosage and they're still not feeling right. And I'm here to tell you that there is an answer. You're probably just with the wrong doctor and you just keep searching. Awesome, Elle. I know it's going to help a lot of people, and I do thyroid podcasts all the time just because people never get sick of hearing about it. So I'm just so glad there's a new resource out there. So everyone get the Paleo Thyroid Solution and make sure... And if you're interested in learning more about me, you can go to lrust.com. I'm also the host of the Primal Blueprint Podcast, and on social media, I'm underscore lrust or the Paleo Thyroid Solution on Facebook. So, um, you know, yeah, I just... uh, put some hope out there and it's uh i think you know it's one of the best thyroid books i've i've seen out there and that's just i mean it sounds terrible like really braggy to say that but it's, it's really just because i've gone through it and so um i'm pretty proud of, of the product and um look forward to hearing you know more feedback from people well awesome thanks so much for coming on everyone thanks so much have a great day uh, everyone please leave a review on itunes if you're enjoying our podcast and Make sure and subscribe at grassfedlist.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye-bye.